Uh, Luke 5. Uh, it's an unusual story, but it's a naughty and nice story, and that's why we're looking at it this morning. It's not a made-up story. This is an event that happened with Jesus, uh, but because it happened a long time ago, we, we don't always understand exactly what's happening, so let me help you understand here what, what's going on. Uh, firstly, there is Levi. Uh, we are told about Levi, he is a tax collector. Now, that sounds like a reasonable job to have. Uh, today, a tax collector works for the government, works for the inland revenue. They sit in an office. They wear a tie and a suit to work for probably. But they sound like a nice person. But 2,000 years ago in Israel, tax collectors were the bad guys. They, they were the traitors. They were the collaborators working with the invading Roman army. Uh, they were the bullies that would have people beaten if they were a bit slow to pay. And they would often demand more money than they needed to pass on. So when Luke tells us that Levi was a tax collector, he wants to know that, wants us to know that this is someone nasty. This is someone naughty. Which makes it so surprising that Jesus would invite Levi to be one of his followers. How many of you know somebody mean, nasty, horrible, and you'd like to invite them over for afternoon tea? They're not the people you're asking. But Jesus invites Levi over and gives Levi the opportunity to change his life, to to make a fresh start. And Levi is so excited to be part of that. You see, with with Jesus, people who were naughty, people who were horrible and mean, Jesus believed that those people could change. He doesn't mean that they would start being good, but rather Jesus could change them from the inside out. See, at the end of that little episode, uh, Jesus says he is like a doctor who's come to heal sick people. Not a doctor like uh, Dr. J, but a doctor who will cure people spiritually. He's come for the spiritually sick. In what way are they spiritually sick? Well, we'll come to that. So Jesus isn't asking Levi to cure himself of his spiritual sickness. No, Jesus sees himself as the one who will cure Levi. See, Jesus shows us that Anyone who's on the naughty list, no matter how dark or how bad they are, Jesus is the spiritual doctor and he can heal and he can restore them. And that's why Jesus came at Christmas. He was born for this rescue mission. He was born so that he could bring spiritual healing to the brokenhearted and the troubled lives that we have. Now, Levi is so thrilled, so excited by the fresh start that Jesus is calling him to that he throws a big party, a big party with Jesus as the guest of honor, and Levi invites all his friends. What kind of friends do you think Levi has? Well, of course, he has all the nasty, naughty friends, people who are just like him. Why does Levi invite all those nasty, horrible friends? 
so that they get a chance to hear what Jesus has to say. So they get a chance to hear the good news and meet Jesus, the one who rescues and restores. It's a wonderful picture of what happens when someone meets Jesus personally. See, what does it look like for someone to become a follower of Jesus, to become a real Christian? Oh, most of us imagine the kind of like, oh, when someone becomes a Christian, oh no, the drudgery, the responsibility, the guilt, the burden, all the rules that I have to obey. No, what's the picture here? Levi thinks it's the best thing in the world. And he wants to celebrate and share the good news that he's discovered with anyone and everyone that he knows and cares about. But not everyone's happy about Levi. Uh, there's another group in that little account, uh, people who are called Pharisees. Again, a kind of unusual name for us, living 2,000 years ago. I haven't met a Pharisee. Who are the Pharisees? Well, they were the religious leaders. And they were deeply committed to making sure that their country was very serious about their religion. Uh, they believed that their country... Israel was spiritually sick and that they were the doctors who would bring healing. See, these religious leaders like the Pharisees, they, they believed it was because the whole nation, all the people in it, were so naughty, so wicked, that God was punishing them. That's why Israel was an occupied country, ruled and oppressed by these Roman armies. And the way for things to change was for everyone to start obeying God's rules. That's how change will come. That's how the nation will be rescued. And the Pharisees, they saw themselves as the good people, the godly people, the nice people. And it was their job to make a list of all the naughty people and tell them to change, do better, be better, start obeying the rules. The Pharisees, well, they recognized that Jesus was clearly on the nice list. Jesus was one of the good people. But they're very disappointed that Jesus, one of the nice, good people, would, would mix with the nasty and the naughty. No, no, they should be kept separate. They thought Jesus should be telling off the naughty people, telling them to be better and do better, just like the Pharisees were. But Jesus tells the Pharisees, now this is the reason he was born, the reason he's come is so that he can rescue people who know they are on the naughty list. Because they are the ones who want to change. They want to be rescued. They want to be made new. Now the tragedy for the Pharisees, the ones who thought they were nice, if we read on to the end of Luke's account, we come to the end of his story of Jesus. It's the Pharisees who plot and scheme to get Jesus executed. See, when we get to the end, it's the people who thought they were so nice and good who turn out to be just as bad and wicked as everyone else. See, it turns out that everyone is on God's naughty list. Uh, we want to draw a line between people and we want to put a line above the line. Those, those are the nice people. They're the good people. And we want to put the rest 
below the line and call them the naughty people. But the line that counts is the line between us and God. Uh, God is on the good side of the line. And we, all of us, all of humanity, we are on the bad side of the line. It doesn't matter if you're on the bad side of the line. Who's the best and nicest person if that person is telling God to push off, go away, mind your own business? See, there are many lovely kind, wonderful people who aren't interested in God. Even though God made them, God owns them, God is in charge of them, they don't want to have anything to do with God. See, it turns out everyone is on God's naughty list. Now, what does God do for people who are on his naughty list? Is God going to give everyone a lump of coal because they've been bad? I used to think that uh, nice children getting presents and bad children getting a lump of coal for Christmas, I used to think that punishment was a sort of embellishment, a kind of fairy tale add-on to the Santa story. Uh, That was until I met someone who, as a little girl, actually got a lump of coal for Christmas from her parents. Uh, When she told us the story about her childhood, she was a wife, a mother, teenage children. But when she told us about that, that memory, the pain of that, still brought tears to her eyes. It's hard to imagine people inflicting that experience on a young girl, on their daughter. Now, I'll say out loud what so many people quietly think in their hearts. Most people think God is like those parents. God is waiting to give everybody a lump of coal. God is going to deal with people like that. But that is the completely wrong idea about God. Uh, God is offering anyone who wants it presents and a party and gifts and celebration, a loving family with joy and peace. But so many people are telling God, I don't want to have anything to do with you, with all that you're offering. I'll have my lump of coal, thanks. I'd rather have that than deal with you. I'd rather have a lump of coal. I'd rather have a life that's black and dirty and disappointing. No one puts it quite like that, but that's the implication of saying, I don't don't want anything to do with you, God. How do we know that God is good? How do we know what God is like? How do we know what God's intentions and plans are for people? Well, because of Christmas. Because he sent his son into our world on a rescue mission. And Jesus came in weakness and humility as a baby Uh, Jesus made God's intentions clear by calling people like Levi to become one of his followers, to experience that joy and happiness. See, Jesus makes God's offer real through laying down his own life for the sake of others on a cross. 
Now, for this Christmas season as a church, over the four Sundays in December, we've been, we've been thinking about the blessings of Christmas, uh, those important words that so often appear on Christmas cards, words like hope, uh, peace, love, joy. Why does God send his son into the world? Into a world of defiant people who are shaking their fist at God? What motivates God when, when he knows the baby born in the crib will be killed on a cross? Oh, the answer is love. Now, famous Bible verses put it this way, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him, that is, trusts what Jesus is doing, well, that person shall never perish, but rather have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. See, when we remember Jesus, born in Bethlehem at Christmas, we should remember what's at the center of God's plan. His love. And God's love is practical. God's love is realistic. God's love is seen through his actions. And God's love is so strong that he comes to rescue and restore anyone, whether they themselves see themselves as naughty or nice. All we have to do is recognize God's love and put our trust in Jesus. The the spiritual doctor who's come to heal spiritual rebels. And that happens when you respond to his invitation. See, the same invitation that was given to Levi, Jesus says, come follow me. He's saying that to you. Come follow me. And just like Levi, you can get up and leave your past behind and go and meet the spiritual doctor, Jesus, who heals people, restores them. You can take up following Jesus. And if you do that this Christmas, well then, just like Levi's experience, You can have a celebration this Christmas. Can you imagine the joy, the happiness, the celebration that you would have this Christmas because you know the Christ who has come at Christmas, the one who promises to heal and restore and make you new. Let me pray. Father, we pray that we would hear your voice as we think about your words. As we look at the Lord Jesus, help us to know that he is calling us to follow him and that all we have to do is take up his great invitation. Help us all to be doing that today for Jesus' sake. Amen.